Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. Rob Zachney here. Uh, just going into this episode, you should probably be advised that Austin is a bit under the weather. I'm a bit <laughs> sleep-deprived. Patrick's a little bit scarred by some things that happened during Mario Maker mornings this morning. And uh, Kato is contemplating a life being a speedrunner with all that, <laughs> that entails. I'd say this episode is a bit eclectic. Uh, it may be in some ways what you're used to. It may be more so. If you feel ambivalent about that, I just recommend you go rate and review us five stars on the podcast platform of your choice. <laughs> five star and, podcast, uh, five star run times. You know, consider giving this one a pass. Life is short. We'll be back with, with Ava. I know that's what you're looking forward to. New Ava? Um, but if... <laughs> Nueva. Uh, but if you do that'd want... That'd be a good name for a, a Ava podcast. Oh, that'd be really good. That'd be really Delete good. Delete that. That's ours. <laughs> point is... Point is, this is a bit of an odd one. We know it's weird. Oh we my know god, it would be about rebuild. About Once rebuild is done. Once rebuild is done. We can do, yeah, <laughs> Nueva. Nueva. Yeah. It's basically like this, but two hours. And there's a lot of asides about sports and Riverdale. We started sports this week. Whoa, whoa we invented sports? We start at sports. We didn't start sports. <laughs> we, didn't that we started. started. <laughs> Turn it off. Five stars. Turn it off. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, July 1st, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 245. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Kata right here in the booth with me, hearing me cough, hearing me sneeze, hearing me moan and groan about July weather and being sick. In 10 days. What's 10 days? Get three hmm? Slurpees. What? What? 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. Free Slurpee day. Oh my god. Are you paid god. for this? Every, every day. Every day I no, I just I want a free Slurpee. <laughs> Patrick Klepik what? joining us. Patrick, why didn't you keep yeah. the shoe? Real quick question Look, here from I the thought... fans. Why didn't you keep the shoe? I feel like I think we need it to, was pretty I think we need clear to reinterrogate this. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you would need the shoe. Or maybe you wouldn't Look, need the shoe, but I, then you get the shoe. I, to, part of my process, Mario Maker, is, is theory crafting <laughs> as we go along. We hypothesize, hypothesize <laughs> different things. <laughs> and then it turns out some of them are wrong, yeah. including maybe the way that you thought you were supposed to hit the off switch for the better part of 40 minutes is, was wow, wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was wrong. You well, forgot wrong, how like double, bombs Lowercase w wrong. Yeah, yeah, you were. It wasn't a thesis statement. It was just like it's been a while since you worked with bombs. I get it. 
Um, we'll talk about Mario Maker in a moment. Rob Zachney, also yeah. joining us. How are you doing, Rob? You doing all right? You didn't forget any shoes? You're not looking forward to Slurpee Day? You got anything <laughs> normal to tell me about? I didn't sleep last night, and I well, feel that... awful, and it feels like the walls are melting. <laughs> that I can relate to. That now That's my shit right there. Hell yeah. So you're saying you feel like a Knicks fan. <laughs> oh. oh, that clip of Steve wow, Too much, so too much was, for Rob? What was the plan? Like, it was, so was they the plan basically, plan. The we're definitely going to get Zion in the draft, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's plan B? Why wouldn't KD want to come to work? <laughs> Why wouldn't he want to come sign a max contract with the Knicks? Except, I wait, have, no, it wasn't max. They didn't offer him max. They did well, offer so, him max. They explicitly even, didn't. In fact, they got out there and said that they didn't. Apparently, that's spin. So then this of morning, there's is. additional reporting that Katie didn't even take a meeting, so wow. they didn't even have an opportunity to not offer him a max. Wow. <laughs> he didn't take the meeting. All for a player who will not play at all this and for a, Yeah, for a year. Wow. I yeah. won, won. Everything needs the last week of the NBA. Like, I wish video games had this. I wish once every five yes. years, it was like, Mario's on on Microsoft now. Microsoft owns Mario. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, Mario, they picked him up. His contract expired. And, like, I would love to live with But for people who don't follow the Traded NBA. Traded a Viva Pinata and a Gears of War for right. one year. One, it's a, a, a one and one with Mario. That's all they get. <laughs> That's you just all they do get. A, a one and one with Mario, yeah. and then he's up again. Uh, did you hear the expiring contract of the pinata? Did you hear that Konami didn't even offer Kojima <laughs> a max? They they are just gonna let him walk. Um, the the for people who don't who don't follow the NBA, so, you know, and that would, actually the the analogy there would have been uh, right. Kawhi Leonard having a mysterious injury yes, that with is the it. Spurs, and then a misdiagnosing, and then he gets traded to Toronto because the Spurs are petty and say, fine, go fine, rot go. in the w- the Winterland, and, right. then you, and then you win the title. And then he releases Death Stranding, and Death Stranding is. Yeah, that is literally the perfect analogy. It really is. For people who don't follow the NBA, I just want to dig into this for like a hot second, because no one else uh, mm-hmm. in this office is going to. And <laughs> the, the last week of the NBA, so the thing that happens in sports is that players have have contracts. You know, there's like a big negotiated union contract, but there's individual contracts with play, with players at teams. Uh, a, a concept that comes up a lot is that uh, there's free agency. There's also trades. Like you probably know the the gist of all that stuff. Every now and then, you have an off season, which is which is the period between seasons, where uh, a lot of very important contracts end at the same time. A lot of players go into free agency. And sometimes it's not even like all of them do. It's enough of them at key locations that the entire structure of a league re like redefines itself. Teams that were once so dominant suddenly lose two or three players or they lose one key player and they try to shore that up by trading other key players for new talent. Teams that had very little talent but have been sitting on a lot of money suddenly have a huge pool of of uh, of talent to, to start to try to uh, buy from or to, to recruit from. What's unique to the NBA, I believe, is that they can do three-team trades yes. where, like, three teams are, like, trading assets or what they call expiring contracts where, like, bad teams will sometimes take on, like, Money that other teams don't want to pay for a player in exchange for like a pick to get. It's just like the NBA is extremely 
odd and interesting right. in that way. And so we're in a in a minute, you know, or in this case, over a weekend, you look at the NBA and you go, "Wow, this is a new league." Like the dynasties that seemed so uh, uh, not just not undefeatable because we we know the Warriors were, were defeatable. We know that you know the 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 era of of uh, LeBron's Cavs were over when he went to the Lakers and wasted began wasting years of his life. Uh, that, 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 that but maybe not. Jam too, baby. But, but maybe jam not. Too. Right, that's the thing, right? It's like you go, okay, but look at this weekend. Who knows? Rob, go ahead. Talk to me about the Lakers. What, what are your thoughts on the Lakers? No, I mean, like, LeBron finally got his man, right? Yep. The entire, like, drama we had mid-season NBA was LeBron James looked at the New Orleans uh, Pelicans and saw that they had a marquee player, Anthony yep. Davis. And a player that could carry the kind of weight that LeBron has actually carried historically on his shoulders, right? And, like, it'll be very curious to see how the dynamic there works out because, in, in a way, like, Anthony Davis is one of those, like, players that you can run your offense through in a way that LeBron kind of was in his prime. Now, does LeBron have, like, that many prime LeBron years right. left, that's kind right. of an open question. What does the dynamic look like there? Is it sort of a torch passing that's going on? But without, with just LeBron, the Lakers were a, you know, tire fire of, <laughs> of a team. To say nothing of the uh, chaos in the around the front office with Magic Johnson quitting unexpectedly. Uh, but all of that could be forgiven uh, now that they managed to get Anthony Davis from the Pelicans to go work with LeBron. But in the process, they also gave the Pelicans mm -hmm. a lot of things. The Pelicans also got like potentially generational draft talent with Zion Williamson in the draft. They already had a good team full of like role players who didn't like command huge contracts. So in a weird way, the Pelicans are actually decently positioned. Right, but they also a, spent, what, like five years wasting some of the best years of Anthony Davis to the point where Anthony Davis wanted to leave the Pelicans. So, like, assets are only as good as what you do with them. That's true, but I, the like, they've got the better past, assets Patrick. now than they had under him. That's didn't true. You, didn't like, you hear that, Biden? Didn't you hear Biden? We don't have to talk about the past okay. anymore. We can just talk All about the future. Right. We don't have to think about misdeeds mm -hmm. of, of the past. I thought Bad we were talking decisions. about the gay waiter thing now. Oh, I mean, the gay waiter thing. We're talking about the uh, the the uh, the the Indian um, uh, phone call uh, contractor. I missed that one. Oh, mm -hmm. just the tweet that's going around today is that in 2012, okay. not that long ago, mm -hmm. uh, Biden made a. You pick up the phone to call tech support, and the guy who picks up, and then he just like slips into a bad Indian accent for oh, like my two God. seconds. Um, which not even Trump did when he did the same exact routine two years or four years ago. Um, no, but he did do like bad. I, of course, uh, I'm not. I'm, let yeah. me be clear. But I'm saying, and also there's Just a moment on the, also, on the checkboard. Clear, it was a different, different Biden, <laughs> group Biden to, catch, to marginalize. Biden catches himself, and as soon uh -huh. as he starts doing, he's like, "Oh fuck!" It's like you can see what? that he remembered someone told him when you do the call center bit, don't do an accent. <laughs> it's really bad. Anyway, uh, the NBA. Biden is basically the Dolan of the Democratic Party. Right. Uh -huh. And uh, we're waiting to find out who is the Brooklyn of the Democratic uh, primary. I, think I would that's, love that's to. That might be mean even to Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, pro it probably is. I don't know that Dolan's ever done. Dolan's ever hitched his hitched his uh, his wagon to, to a star successfully even. Right. Just like, pure and He's also the the um, 
He's the owner that like forces into contracts for concert performances that his band can play as an opener, right? Is that that yes, that's the thing. He thinks Holy he is shit. the star. That's he so funny. You've never he's heard the star. that? I never heard that. He'll play before like Bruce Springsteen. That's amazing. So people who don't know what? James that's that's incredible. James Dolan is the uh is the the like the owner of of not only the I guess I don't know is he the owner of the Knicks or is he just the owner of the MSG stuff? I don't know where I think he's his, the owner of Madison Square Garden, but right. also maybe a majority owner of the Knicks. I don't know the exact specifics, but essentially he's the guy. However, the financials break down. Right uh, for for the Knicks and a bunch of other New York sports stuff um, that that runs through the Garden. Um, he yeah, and and he sucks and makes bad decisions and and has has really ruined that team. Um, <laughs> like, like a level of pettiness. One time, I think it was last year, there was people have been like. A, a, a growing movement of a like a hashtag sell the team, like because folks like Kevin Durant won't take meetings. It seems like largely predicated on like this dude being toxic and like gonna fuck up a good thing. Like so he was James Dolan was walking off the court one day, um, and someone yells at him, "Sell the team," which and everybody's been chanting for like sure, sure. But just for whatever reason, this was close enough where he was able to make eye contact with the dude, and he he calls him over. He's like, "You know what? You know, what'd be better." You never watch a game in this place again. Had security escort him out wow. and specifically booted him, banned him from uh, the garden for, uh, I don't know, until the hashtag sells the team. Uh, See, James, That's James, how you get respect. That's yeah. how, uh-huh. like, Fear. whenever you make a move like that, people know that you are a serious and confident big boy. <laughs> and will take you seriously and give you the respect that your money and title deserve. The new translation says big boy. The old yeah, translation yeah, said right. boy. Uh, the name of his band is JD and the Straight Shot. Wikipedia describes it as a country blues and roots rock vanity project. They don't even say band in the description. <laughs> then I'm just going to read this last draft. The New York Times has described the band as a group of, quote, well-known sidemen backing a karaoke-grade singer and noted that Dolan's musical talents are unlikely to endanger his day job. After the group's performance opening for ZZ Top, one reviewer wrote that Dolan's enthusiasm for playing mediocre American rock did little to make their forgettable performance entertaining. After a 2017 show in New York City, another reviewer observed that Dolan, quote, sings like he's trying not to cough and it's possible he can't play the guitar. Worse, his songs belie his status as a cosplaying blues man. Most of his lyrics simply summarize current events or books that he's read as if he were presenting a 10th grade English class project. It's a little song I like to call the Lexus and the Olive Tree. <laughs> it's so uh, You know, I- I'm not someone that enjoys... Uh, Often when we uh, dunk on like a bad video game, it just makes us feel bad because yeah. boy, yeah, a lot of work was put into a bad video game, and that stinks. But then there is just something beautiful sometimes of that rare instance when a critic who spends most of their trying to articulate how things work in a in a, in a more positive light just goes to fucking town yeah. on a clown that <laughs> deserves it. Because boy, those are some great turns of phrase. They're just really someone just sit, just. Sipping a glass of uh, a scotch and just like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. I can do better. <laughs> also, I mean, this oh, guy's he's a, a fail son, right? Is he? Well, what's his? What's his fam? What's his? What's his deal? Charles Francis Dolan. Uh, no, that's a is name. An American billionaire and the founder of Cablevision. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Controls AMC networks, Madison Square Garden okay. networks. That company uh, from MSG. Thirty Rock. 
Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Cable Town. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is one of those, it, you know, it's a second generation kid, right? What's so funny is, like, this dude has to have edited his Wikipedia. Because oh. it barely mentioned, they barely mention it in the Wikipedia. Like, the Wikipedia article on him is just what he's done. And you kind of have to look, like, there's a reference to his father, but, like, no indication that he basically stepped into these management roles because they were the the family business. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, yeah, so it's just <laughs> In fact, stuff, there's right? this, exa- this paragraph he wrote himself, I'm certain. Dolan was an ardent opponent of his father's proposed Voom satellite service, which became a polarizing controversy among Cablevision's board of directors. While supporters argued Voom could propel Cablevision into the future emerging satellite market in a wider customer base, opponents of the plan, including James Dolan, argued it was too expensive, too expensive with no expense relief for the foreseeable future. In the end, the younger Dolan prevailed and Voom was shut down. This was an instrumental event in Dolan emerging from his father's shadow, albeit reluctantly, <laughs> as a viable businessman. <laughs> she basically get in the garden. Um, yeah, this is yeah. He is writing fanfic about his own life. Anyway, video games. Do you want to mm. talk about those instead sure. of talking about sports or sports. fail sons about billionaires? Go go nuts. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Listen, we're right in Brooklyn. Yeah. We should just try to, we should just see. The, the week before I came, I moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I was in Baltimore at a house party and someone uh, found a Brooklyn Nets hat that nobody laid claim to. Did you take it? Yeah, I, I have it. Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it's it. It's your hat. It's my hat it's now. It's your hat. That was <laughs> Now Brooklyn. if you start wearing it, people are going to be like, oh, cool. Oh, you I know, see. And you can say yeah. you have a fashionable story for, for getting it. <laughs> Before it was, yeah, if, no, I've, right. I've had that for years. Yeah, if you people are like, you're bandwagon jumping, I've had this hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had this hat. But I was, I had this hat before I even lived here. house yeah. party years ago. because yeah. <laughs> I love, because I love the Nets. Yeah, so, a lot. Go swish, Live Nation. Those, Go uh, Live Nation. <laughs> Go Jay Z. We've always loved the Nets around here. Oh yeah, big Nets. Brooklyn fans. represent. Yep. I love to go to downtown Brooklyn and see my favorite sports stars. Um. Oh, you mean when WWE comes through? Yeah. Yeah, I love it when there's <laughs> esports. It's actually... Fuck. I love my favorite athlete in the world, Patrick Klepek, e-athlete. I Hi. watched you mm-hmm. this morning. Yep. I think uh, you pronounced that ethlete. Ethlete? Ethlete? Sorry, apologies. Yeah. I'm going to step any toes. Mm-hmm. I saw you play a little game called Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, you're playing a level by one Daniel. Yeah, Riker. still evaluating whether it's any good or not. So I mean, leaning in, in a current direction right now. Which direction? <laughs> bad. Bad. You don't like. You think like it's bad. Game. Last week, I remember you no, saying. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. The, I think the changes they made were they. Uh, you know, I was talking about UI stuff. Like, yeah. How, uh-huh. how are they going to support the community? Easy thing would have been to stop Dan Riker from making levels. Right. Didn't choose hard to do that. So uh-huh. we talked about you know, how I platforms to see how need they were to. Had need to, you know, really yeah. be active. That platform holders to be active in the moderation of yep. their communities. No Dan Reichert is a step that they could take. Yeah. It would be uh, a stand in at least a direction, uh, honestly. You know, uh, yeah. So I played. Um, Dan has started making uh, levels. Uh, I, I think this is the more challenging one he's made of a, a couple that he's been futzing around with. Uh, I forget what it was called. B- bad. Bad something for bad time forest, uh, I believe is is the name of it. Um, 
That sounds yeah. Right. yeah. The other, the other one's was... pretty rough too. Wait, you should you, play. Have you, did you beat both of them already? Yeah. Well, oh no, not, th- that's the thing. I, I beat the one that he's playing, but now, but I didn't beat the second one. Wow, said so offhandedly. <laughs> yeah, I beat the shit Patrick stuff. On. <laughs> hey, I mean, I spent like five hours or some shit playing oh, that game. Okay. So okay, okay, that's it, a like, lot more time than Patrick spent. Probably. So. so you're so you're saying my so you're saying my hour and ten minutes where I made it to the at least to the final screen. Yeah. I'm four hours ahead of you. No, absolutely. No, it was it was. <sighs> The, the difference mm-hmm. is that I didn't stop. I didn't stop moving. What? What do you Which mean? Which is a stop. lot harder. Well, like literally, I was like trying to speed run it. Oh, uh, so I saw you. You played oh. a, a level pretty. Oh, like, you're trying to do the world record. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you playing a Jack real Thick- speed runner, like an actual speed runner. I think got that thing because they're like oh, of course. under me by like thirty seconds. And I'm like, what the fuck? How oh, you they must have found that? some exploit. They, I, there must I, be I don't an fucking understand. There must be some. They're trick. the they're number one on both of those levels, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Both of dance levels. <laughs> that sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> I mean, I saw you play one. I saw you play Jack the Keats level for hours <laughs> yesterday, or two days ago, trying to get like shave like. You know, half a second off your time to yeah. beat someone else. Yeah. So. I got really into trying to speed run. Well, like, it was funny because I just I saw the time and I was like, oh, I'm only like half a second off of that. Let's see how fast I can go if I actually just hold run and try to find a good route. Yeah. And I like, from there, I got like two seconds off. It was like sick. <laughs> and then right. somebody else beat that by like point three, And I was like, Ah shit! And then I could never, I could never get uh, those last like tenths of a second off. But I spent a lot of time trying. I saw. <laughs> that's why I want that game to have ghosts. Yeah, that's why. I would, like, yeah. it'd be so cool. What if you could race the ghosts? Because it's still you have to, or you even, still have to do the moves, right? Or even like, like, it's, like it's like <sighs> a built-in replay system of the world record one. Like you could watch how quickly they right they right how they did it. That'd be great. It was just GDQ got into your bloodstream, and you were like, yeah. I got to fucking speed run. I got to do it. I, I got to run. I got to go fast. Yeah. yeah I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. so close to the world record already. Look at that. The little flag that says world record on it has my name next to it. Hooray. Wow. That's what <laughs> yeah. it takes. Well, it was just funny because playing that level this morning, uh, I people got a... So I have like a very specific way of playing hard levels, which is that I come up with a theory, and then I want to explore the theory until it's like proven <laughs> or disproven. And then the ch- you know it works in my favor because it makes people incredibly frustrated um, to watch me bang my head against something that is probably not helpful to making it through. So like for example, there's a sequence in um, a bad time forest where uh, I didn't pick up on what was the ideal path to like turn this on off switch is one of the new mechanics in uh, Mario Maker Two. The way it works is that you can lay out um, a bunch of bricks that. When you uh, knock a switch, whether it's with Mario's head or with a shell um, or any other sort of uh, contraption that can interact with it, um, it can, you know, it flips those switches uh, or those blocks on and off. Um, and in this case, I needed some blocks to get turned on so that I could reach uh, past some blocks that, uh, uh, that needed to be flipped off so I could go through a pipe. And it turns out you had to use some bombs to manipulate it. But I got fixated on, like, trying to, like, carefully manipulate this... Uh, uh, this this shoe and like rub up against the spikes and then like angle it just right so that uh, I could hit this on uh-huh. off switch from below yep. when really I should have done it from above. Um, and part so of this much. is just I've been damaged <laughs> by the levels I have played. Um, and this is not only Dan. This is playing all sorts of stages that operate 
functionally similar to this is that I'm often overthinking or get fixated on one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And part of the way that I deal with my frustration, like, and allow myself to like kind of stay in it is to like, just focus on this one thing. It's like, okay, I could get like mad at the stage or like frustrated or like whatever bit I'm not quite uh, figuring out yet. But one of the ways that I play stages is I try to flatten uh, or I try to like increase efficiency. And so what I mean by that is that, so let's say there's a certain section that I have gotten through, but I don't exactly know how I'm doing it or it's not repeatable. And so in order for me to like minimize the frustration on the stage, it's to sit down and just work through that section over and over, ignoring the part that I'm supposed to quote unquote be working on, like the next area. Um, so like in Dan's stage, one of those is there's a, uh, uh, a section where you have to run really fast, jump through uh, a set of spikes that are coming down diagonally to the bottom right. And you can't just hold, you can't just run as fast as possible and hold right. Like that's just, you're, you're going to run into spikes or you're going to run into cannons. Like you, what you're actually doing is like running and then letting go. You're holding forward. You're still running forward, but you're letting go of the jump button so that the physics kind of like take you on the ideal path. And like, there's a certain like way you just kind of flick the controller to do that motion. And so I just like working on that motion over and over. So that became rote. And then I could focus on other parts of the stage. Of course, what happens is then, then I got frustrated tried to think about how I was doing that yep. and then had to relearn it all over again because it went from <laughs> learning to muscle memory and then I screwed up the muscle memory and then I had to relearn it and it was just a whole uh, thing. But I, I love I, I love that part of uh, of, of playing you these were, levels. Like I, it's, it, I watched you go on tilt. Like I watched you <laughs> just <laughs> begin dying to things that were simple, that were... Mm-hmm that were things you'd had zero problem with before you were anticipating things that were not going to happen or like jumping for timing that didn't exist. <laughs> you were just in your own head. And that's part of what, that's part of the joy of watching, but it's also part of what happens when you get stuck on one thing for that long, right? Like you get it's, so yeah, it's close. Not just, I use the dark a, souls thing too, right? You get really close. Yeah, the line of my review run. is like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or, or when all you want to do is fight, you know, this is part of the, the genius of, of those games um, is, like, I, have, I I struggle with the boss run bit. So people, have, if you somehow don't play those games or have not listened to us make endless comparisons to those games uh, for everything, um, <laughs> is that rather when, when you encounter a boss in the Souls games, traditionally, when you die, you don't just start, in most games, just fight the boss again. Like, you're here. You're checkpointed. Um, in the Souls games, traditionally, there's a bit of a run-up. Like, and that run-up could be like a substantial like 30 seconds a minute and have to dodge enemies and maybe some obstacles that aren't like all that difficult but require some level of finesse or figuring out the efficient way through so you can just get back to the boss and and work through them yeah, again yeah. and Mario Maker often has that quality in which when when I go on tilt where I like hit a frustrating part then I just start fucking up all the the stuff on the way I almost just stop myself from swearing because I don't swear on my streams mm. and I was like nope no I'm here You're I, can, I can swear I can swear here it's a safe um, space and uh and so that's part of like yeah that's that's part of the the fun of that even at the moment it feels uh frustrating and actually to that point this doesn't come up in my streams but um for a lot of people when they encounter a really difficult stage the way they will work through like the toughest bits is in Mario Maker 1, you could download a level and go into the editor 
to just drop Mario into a section and just like screw around in a specific area to try and figure out what the trick was rather than having to do the first half of the stage getting there and and then trying to work it out. Um, you can't do that in Mario Maker 2. You cannot download a stage and edit it. Um, oh, wow. That's I understand. a huge difference. You can download a stage and play it, but you cannot download a stage and edit it huh. or drop Mario anywhere in the stage. My guess is they arrived at that um, trying to cut down on copying levels. So what people could do is they could sure. download a stage, edit it, change one block, upload it as their own. Um, the I suppose it's possible they were worried about um, puzzle-based levels where you could uh, drop down, look for the solution, and then jump back in. Um, and those aren't unreasonable concerns for Nintendo to have, but I think it, you know, as I was talking about uh, on Friday, like kind of walking through my review, I think that ignores like a, one of the key ways that people play these games, which are these difficult levels that have like key sections in which you would want to just screw with them as opposed to running through the entire stage. And so I wish the compromise they had come to was if you download a stage and put it in the editor, um, you can't upload it. Like that stage is just yeah. locked. Like it is just, you cannot take that and do anything with it or have a mode that's like, Hey, do you want to download this and just play a specific part of the level? Like we have like, we have a way for you to do that. I think there were solutions that didn't end up, I think hurting a very common way for both folks that play on the, the extreme spectrum, like the Kaizo level um, sort of streamers, like Grand Pooh Bear and, mm-hmm. um, and folks like Grand that. Bear, who did um, a great, a great. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, Grand Pooh Bear is great. Written about him a uh, bunch of times. Stream um, uh, during GDQ as part of yeah. a great uh, Super Mario World race. That yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I he's think a great other, level designer too. Yes, a lot of uh, yeah, totally, totally. The other thing that you're getting at here too, or thing that they, that made me realize is like there's no messaging around any of these decisions. If this no. was like an indie game that was, you know, published by Tiny Build even, right? Like, like Big Eye Indie. Like, or if it was, especially if it was a, like an actual independent developer, there would be back and forth. There would, you know, there'd be messages on a form somewhere. It's like, hey, we know a lot of people really loved the feature where you could bring in, you know, the, the level into the editor and you could see, you know, what the other player designed. But we got a lot of feedback that said X, Y, Z or blah, blah, blah. Or they would have released a beta and said like, hey, in this new build, we took that ability away. We want to see how it goes, blah, blah, blah. And that's just like not obviously not how Nintendo operates. And that's like, I, I, I'm not even saying and they should... They should run their stuff like it's early access because I know that that's not right. what Nintendo has ever done and will probably never do. But there is a degree to which this style of platform-based stuff often does have a degree of like back and forth. You know, um, um, uh, Dia, uh, a contributor who's who's written for us a number of times and who's great, pointed out uh, on Twitter after we, we talked about Mario Maker and Dreams last week that something like RPG Maker – is uh, a a platform for creating stuff that has a lot of the sort of stuff that we talked about wanting there to be in these other things. Like you can just export an, an RPG maker game and sell it on Steam, um, and that has yeah. this like huge community. It has back and forth with the with the software developers. It has all that stuff, and that's like an interesting thing to look at here in in contrast. Now, obviously, Mario Maker isn't trying to be RPG Maker. Like obviously, it's not trying to be a tool for in that way. Um, but it, I think it, it underscores the thing you're talking about with tagging. Also, there was a 
huge conversation in, over on Twitter this weekend. Not a huge conversation. That's way overselling. The huge conversation was about the NBA and about <laughs> politics. There was a small conversation uh, that I caught wind of on Twitter this weekend that was a, a big divergence between people who wanted to play the sort of levels that you really enjoy and people who thought that those levels, they were getting those levels and didn't want to play them. And like that those levels were yes. frustrating them. That was a huge thing in Mario <clears throat> Maker 1 as well in which people right. – uh, uh, maligned folks like myself, um, or ra- the disconnect between levels that are popular on YouTube and Twitch, which tend to be hover between what I play, which is like difficult, but is not Kaizo, Kaizo yeah, like the yeah. uh, sort of like a, a, a more extreme level difficulty. Those are there's a wide difference between those two, um, but those tend to be the ones that are popular amongst like consumer culture part of Mario Maker, where it's like a for me creating something. Or streaming something for an audience. Um, for me watching it. That, like, I'm not going to buy this game, but I'm yes. going to probably get 50 hours of gameplay out of it this year, <laughs> in a sense, because I'm going to watch so many people play levels, make levels, etc. Right. And, and of the sort you're talking about. I'm not going to watch level people spend equal amounts of time trying to make a fun two minute long level that looks like a Mario level. Those levels exist. Like and people work really hard to capture the feel and flow of what a remember quote unquote standard or traditional Mario level feels like. But I'm not as a as a viewer, I'm not super entertained by those sorts of those sorts of creations. Well, and there's no like what if what if there were uh just basic things like what if you could create a category, right? Like what if yeah. you wanted to be someone who I'm going to filter through levels for you and I'm going to create categories where it's like, look, do you love Super Mario World? I found a lot of levels that like feel like they were crafted by Nintendo. You know, I'm like there would be ways for people to do the work that Nintendo is not going to do themselves where the community could filter through uh, for them and like find those categories that allow people to find more of the stages so that let's say you wanted to do the endless mode where you get 30 lives and the game is plucking out of a hat, but the only the only thing you're it's plucking out of right now is easy, normal, hard, expert, super expert. Um, I think those are the categories, or at least normal, hard, uh, expert, super expert. That's not specific enough. Like, what if you could say, oh, actually, this creator has uh, curated um, three hundred levels. I just want you to pick from that bucket because I trust that that bucket is going to have the kinds of stages that I'm looking for, yeah. and they just That'd don't have cool. that level of granularity, and it and exposes. Again, I think underscores like a, a level of misunderstanding Nintendo has, or really their creation tools is like this game. On one hand, it shows the brilliance of Nintendo and their attention to detail and like the creation suite, and also exposes just how far they are away on other things like elements of dealing with community and internet culture, yeah. um, in which maybe those are incompatible with the kind of studio, you know, uh, culture that they have, but it's frustrating because it just feels like. Again, Mario Maker 2 will have plenty of brilliance, but it just feels like, ah, there's, like, so much there that you could do if, like, what if you didn't couldn't sell individual levels, but you could, creators could sell worlds, right? Like, here's a package yeah, of eight levels that, like, has, has has theming. Um, and That would just be, I it's wish. It's not the but, world we live like, in. I, I know, I know. No, but, you it's know, not the world we, we live in. We can dream of a better world. Um, yeah. I, I, a fun <laughs> a thing watching y'all play, you watching you play Dan's level today really reminded me is that, like, I, obviously, he plays the heel. Like, obviously, I know that. <laughs> but watching his level designs are—it is so f- funny to me. Like, they are jokes. 
is the the way I think about mm-hmm. them. I think about them like like punchlines in a rap song. I think about them like punchlines in a comedy routine. That like the the final screen in that level <clears throat> where it reveals that if you lost the shoe somewhere, you're fucked is just like Well, so, so let me and, and like so like let me explain like the actual setup there, like to, to really yeah, yeah, ju- yeah. Uh, to justify it is that so you get to a certain section of the level where one of the uh, the hook gizmo picks you up and takes you through um, a bunch of spikes. If you haven't brought the boot with you to that point, you have to sway to avoid those spikes. It's really oh, wow. annoying. I didn't you want to do it. Oh, because the boot just makes you, you can't apparently. The, does the boot just make invulnerable you to spikes? Oh, it makes you invulnerable. Interesting. Okay. It makes you invulnerable to spikes on the left, right, and down. If it came from above, it would hurt you. Right. Um, so you bring the boot through this section. The boot um, is a big shoe that Mario sits in. Yep. Yeah. Just for people who yeah. It's a big, big old green shoe, shoe that Goombas yeah. run around in. But not you like hit Mario's that Goomba, you go up. Shoe. Yeah, not a, a Mario size shoe. shoe. A Mario <laughs> size shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Just being clear, just for people who might need to know <laughs> the size of the shoe. Mm hmm. It's like Mario sized. Shoe. Oh, my. Oh, right. a Mario sized shoe. Wait, is that right? A Mario sized shoe. A Mario no. sized shoe. <laughs> Mario from Brooklyn here. It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. And I got some fucking things to say so- to James Dolan. <laughs> Why is it a uh, shoe? Yeah, a- Why is it a boot? Hmm? Why is it Why a boot? Is there a is a boot. It's there a, are two well, different items. It's a boot. I'm sorry. There's you're a boot right. and a, a shoe. It's a boot. The one that you're talking about is a boot. It's a big green boot. It looks like a. It looks there like there is a, like a red. There's a red. There's a there's a red, like high heel shoe. That's which is a, shoe. a different one. Yeah, this is a boot. Right, but the boot. It's a boot that has. Okay, question uh-huh. about the. Why boot. is it a boot? Well, it's not just a boot. It's a boot with a wind up dot dial on the back, like a like a. Is that what that is? Yeah, right. definitely yeah. right. It looks it's like a wind up toy. Yeah, it's like a wind up toy. Like well, a yeah, toy because boot. it's from. Mm, yeah. Hmm. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you, do you have an ant like? <laughs> Is it from it's a, not a rotor that blade? Is, that thing was that introduced left. in one, or is that just dropped into one because of Mario Maker, or was that in like that was in one of them? Super Mario Brothers three. No, that I, mean, was in I, I know it was in yeah, three. Dim memories of the boot from like way back. Yeah, well, I know it was in three, but it's like in three, there is an image from what looks like the instruction manual or an early strategy guide or something. Yeah. I'm gonna put it in. Give us the lore. I'm gonna put it here in in just. I'm gonna put it in the waypoint chat, even though there are, are uh, waypoint alumni here, and so like Natalie and Danica can just guess at why I put this image of Mario up to his neck in a boot. Um, and there, it clearly has. It clearly has the wind up. There's a somewhat villainous aspect to Mario in that picture. I'm gonna be honest. Can you describe why, Rob? So he's. Uh, He's just kind of booped one of the uh, spinies, uh-huh. and he's like clearly bouncing away, having sown chaos and suffering in his wake. But his eyes are sort of like looking down and sideways at the thing that he maybe just crushed. And he's got kind of a sinister little smile, and uh, you know, the eyebrows raised. Like, there's just kind of a Dark exaltation, yeah, I think, in the in the scene that gleeful. Yeah, and he just stole this motherfucker's shoe. Or well, not this one. The spinies don't get in the shoes. No, because no. the, the goombas are the ones that. But have he still the, stole the, the shoe. Flies. It's not a mark. It jumps. It doesn't fly by default. You can get some wings on there, maybe. Like some nice, some nice. Because yeah, you don't oh, you don't ever get the shoe, shoe from Karibo means goomba. 
That's what that means. Or it's a different word for a Goomba. The Goomba shoe is one of few power-ups not mentioned in the instruction booklet. Not in the original, mm. the remakes, or the virtual console operations guide. <laughs> they have not <laughs> talked to us about this shoe. I'm mad about Anyway, you need this shoe. So you need the shoe to get through the spikes. And then you hop into uh, one of like Bowser's, you know, uh, uh, like clown ships. Like I don't know what the, the lore term is for those those things. Yeah, why? And okay, you, why does Bowser have – is Bowser a clown? Yeah. There's a lot of unexplored I mean, <laughs> clowns. He's a fucking clown. I mean, it's a clown car, the yeah. Koopa clown car, sometimes called the Koopa yep. clown copter or the Koopa copter, is Bowser's usual mode of transportation. Yeah. Did he steal it from Dr. Mm-hmm. Robotnik? Which came first? Because Robotnik that's has that same we, that, shape. Austin, this a, is a different podcast. No, it's, uh, it's... But it doesn't have a propeller, obviously. Right, but it's that's got a jet propulsion. Yeah, but that's because Dr. But Robotnik is a scientist. But that's what and, I mean. That seems like an advancement, which means the Koopa helicopter probably... You know, no, because he could have seen Robotnik flying by. I was like, I want to make one. I want to make one. <laughs> and he got get. He goes to well, what's the wizard? Comic. Yeah. Comic. Build me one of those. And sure. Comic is like, we don't have jet propulsion <laughs> in the. What is? What are we gonna fucking is... do? Put a propeller on. Wait, there. rockets exist. Rockets do exist. They have airships. Yeah. Why the fuck does the Koopa car not have? <laughs> just got this dicky little rockets. propeller on the bottom. Because because Has Mega Man ever been in a Mario game. Oh, if there is, and that's a connection. Oh, shit. You said Mega Man. You meant Sonic? No. Oh. Well, because Mega Man and work. Sonic have flying crossed over. Wait, wait, wait. Both. Did you say Robotnik? And not... I said Robotnik. Oh, I was thinking oh, Wily. Wily predates them both, and Wiley also has one yeah. of those things. You're right. But Okay, but canonically, <laughs> Robotnik and Wiley have crossed over in the Archie comics. What? Wait, what? There's a Mega Man, Mega Man, Sonic, Sonic. crossover comics exist. <laughs> and it's wild. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. If we ever like wanted to commit ourselves yeah, I'm lo- to the rest I'm of our at lives, the, I'm looking at these to to one endeavor, it would be the Sonic Archie. Yeah, comics. the Sonic Universe. Yeah, the Worlds Sonic Universe. Collide. It's unbelievable <laughs> shit. Most people think Worlds Collide, Batman, Superman. This. But yeah. wait, who did? Evan. Oh yeah. Good. Of course he wrote. Good. Yeah. I thought you would said. Of course I wrote an article about this, having forgotten <laughs> that you had. I would just like Worlds Collide 2, which is all three of these things come together. That's what I want. I'm putting it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Archie Comics, please. Also, Riverdale. If any of these characters <laughs> just came to Riverdale, if Dr. Wily, if Robotnik, if Bowser showed up. I'm watching Riverdale season three in bits now. Yeah. Bowser could conceivably show up in this season. I wouldn't have. I, I would have to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> season three of Riverdale, I thought they've lost me. They finally lost me. And then at some point, like like clockwork, the last <laughs> quarter of every season, last third of every season, I'm like, wait, I get it now. <laughs> this is what they're doing. Yeah. And then I'm just, then I'm that, just all is in. Is that it? Is that really the... Or... Mm. <laughs> so here's the deal, Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Um, Archie's a prize fighter now. Sure. Archie <laughs> uh, gave up on college, gave up on music, gave up on team sports on because football, he was because yeah. you know because he was in the big house for a while and uh, he, he was, was in prison. Uh, yeah, dog. He, yeah, he oh, was, my uh, oh my god! So, Unbelievable. <laughs> so he was Shawshank Archie, but in this no, excuse me, no, that's not the name of it. Do you remember what the actual name of it is? 
What, what, what was the actual it's name? It's Shankshaw. Shankshaw. Dude, that's right. It's Shankshaw. <laughs> Fuck. So in this one, so both move, both both works have a character that could be called Red. Work. But in this oh, construction, right. Red uh, is a bare knuckle uh, boxer being run by the warden. Anyway, he's fighting for his life in prison. Eventually, he gets out of prison and goes on like a long journey and is attacked by a bear that is off camera. It's really good. Anyway, <laughs> I need to know, Patrick, meanwhile, the, the other plot for this whole season is the Tom Hanks movie, mm-hmm. Mazes and Monsters. It's literally, what if D&D were an evil cult? It's, uh, you need to watch it. You are, I'm begging you Austin, to watch it. Austin, you are leaving out the part where Veronica is starring in Casino. I forgot the Veronica opened a speakeasy. I forgot the Veronica opened a speakeasy. Also, Veronica opens a speakeasy. Where would she have gotten the capital to do so? So, you know, she's rich. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know how she owns the. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, classic turn. Own a diner. Well, the the capital to. Pops has a basement. And uh, who knew? It's fucking awesome. It uh, there's, yeah. there's just an awesome basement underneath Pops. Man, uh, Riverdale, everyone... it just goes for it, yeah, and it I have goes. to give it that. Um, I have a question. Why does the clown car blink? Is it alive? It has a face. That yeah. face moves. Well, because you're, you're powering up the, the, the fire shot. Oh, right. So right. your version of that thing today had a weird... It does have a jet engine. It just uses it to shoot <laughs> huge energy beams. Yeah. Or blasts. It's just fire. Yeah. So you use Evil that clown to climb past... Yeah, so you use that to climb up, and then... There's yeah, an episode of this season you, that uh, was basically the, the fucking... Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> the, we're over here now. Kato, <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Kato. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, call, Kato, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, oh yeah, remember that episode of Riverdale where they did the Breakfast Club with all of yeah. the parents uh-huh. instead of the yeah, that's yeah. good. There's a there's, for Patrick. They all play the younger versions of their parents. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. the Patrick. All the young kids, all the leads play their parents, but in the '90s, but in the '80s, but they do Breakfast Club, but they do it, it's the '90s because 20 years ago was the '90s. Yeah. But they are all mm-hmm. in 80s fashion, and the music is all 80s, and they just kind of hand wave that part of it. And it's literally is that what kids think these days. Probably right. Yeah, no, we're all boomers. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> That's the new thing. Zoomers call us boomers to get under our skin, and you just have to zoomers? have zoomers. Yeah, zoomers. You're Gen-, not- Gen Z. Gen Z. Zoomers. They called that's the you, they're being called Zoomers now, and I hope that they fix that because in Riverdale or no, in no, the, no. the meetings this, that you're no, in. No, this is real life. Yeah, yeah. I've been in, I have tweet. been in meetings. Let me pull up the <laughs> I have been in meetings. In I know the last, Gen Z, but I didn't yeah. know we no, jumped to Zoomers. Uh, Patrick, I got it important here. Uh, I'm gonna put this in the alumni channel too because Natalie Thanks. should weigh in. She's a Zoomer. <laughs> I think this really captures uh, Natalie. Actually, oh, wow. I think this, this uh, meme is actually about wow. Natalie. Wait, did Jeet did Jeet make this or steal it? I think he stole it. Classic boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. Classic millennial left. Oh, you're right. Uh, the millennial left, left, which is eighty to ninety five. For this meme, loves Harry Potter, 
thinks liberals are leftists. We know better. Higher taxes will solve climate change. Loves Obama. The Nordic countries are socialist. Class, like income amount? Question mark. Project of Cold War propaganda. Listens to Pod Save America. Believes communism killed 800 bajillion kabillion. Thinks systemic forms of discrimination can be solved under capitalism. Uh, Unironically believes in electoral. Uh, this is electoral. And the picture of this is basically Beto. It's, ba- it's like, like young just, Beto. Yeah. It's yeah, not. It's but like it is. stock image Beto. What would you describe the image of Zoomer left to be? I mean, that's Natalie, right? Uh, <laughs> the joyous gamer. It the joyous of, gamer. It is someone cosplaying Natalie as the joyous gamer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to give me the rundown on the Zoomer left here? Sure. Uh, 1996, 2014 is their sort of uh, age bracket where they were born. Uh, Hales Garfield's a proletarian icon. Climate <laughs> catastrophe looms large over Psyche. Some kind of Marxist. Constantly <laughs> agitates for revolution. Bernie Sanders is an imperialist like the rest. That's, that's, that's what they say. Uh-huh. Makes the bourgeoisie genuinely nervous. Class conscious as fuck. Will not hesitate to call you a lib. Quote, read Lenin. <laughs> Gets teary-eyed read? singing the international. Is it re- read? I think it's you telling them. No, it's, 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 it's quoted, mm, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay. like an imperative. Like, read mm-hmm. Lenin. Mm-hmm. Gets teary-eyed singing the international. Jesus Christ. Denounces Chapo Trap House as liberal. <laughs> So the reason you take the boot up there and yeah. then, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. International, international. And then there's a, there's a, there's a. <laughs> animal, animal. I'll be honest, the state anthem of the Soviet Union is way more my shit than the international, because, like, that's a Class. fucking banger. <laughs> to your class there's a sea there's a seesaw and there's a, there's a bomb up there we should yeah. take a break if you have the sh- take a break if you have the shoe take a break take a you, break time to stand take on, a break if you jump on a bomb with a shoe it kills it just it, just, it, it sends the bomb off the stage instead of blowing them up the so shoe's it, fine the shoe's fine but the, the, the bomb's gone and you need the bomb to get on the seesaw to get to the other side 
But then if you leave the shoe behind and you get in the pipe because you think you've solved all of your problems and uh, glorious... Like liberalism uh, abandoned unions <laughs> in the as part of the post-war order. Oh, we don't need these anymore, but uh-huh. we did. Damn, Reichert's class consciousness is really on another level. And you go it's through that pipe thinking everything's great on the other side, and it turns out there's three buzzsaws because you need the shoe to jump on the buzzsaws to get to the end. Permanent revolution. It's actually a Trotskyist level is what it sounds like. You can't – you can never rest, uh, which, you know, we have we can debate the Trotskyist, obviously. We, we have some words. But I think that it's – it is at least – Important to understand that there is no that that while it's useful to dream of utopias, uh, there, I would love to see the end of the level. We, we would all love to see the end of a level. There is always the chance that in tr- in becoming the state, we have to be aware of the possibility that we could be that screen, that next screen, preventing us as like a, as a unity from hitting that end state. We could be the buzzsaws of tomorrow. And so there has to be a degree of reflexivity where we demolish the state uh, and replace it with true full communism. I don't know what's worse, this conversation or playing this level. <laughs> I finished speaking and I saw an alarm outside go off. Yeah, so that was weird. People did come in and start looking at us during the last few minutes. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Like totally normal podcasting uh, to- going on in here. Right here. Someone tuned into a security footage and is like, the fuck are they talking what about? What are they? A little too much class consciousness down there. <laughs> <laughs> Just lock them in there. <laughs> are they? Is it red in there? Did they light the room red? Because... <laughs> God. Uh, shout outs, by the way, to Matt Cousins' uh, International Trap Remix, a song I found by simply suddenly being curious and being like, I, I wonder if, I, hmm, I bet. And yes. Anyway. Well, I think that that level was fun to watch you play. You'll be doing some more Mario Maker streams, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing uh, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays in the morning. Probably just Wednesday this morning because I'm taking off for the fourth and yeah, yeah, yeah. Wisconsin's got bad internet. We should know no Friday pod this week. We are going to definitely do uh, the next Ava, which will drop sometime in the middle of the week, Wednesday or Thursday, probably. Yeah. I'm not sure when we're recording it yet, um, but we'll, we'll figure that out. Be we should talk about that soon. when we're done with this podcast. <laughs> um, but that'll go up and that should probably give you plenty of content. Yeah. Uh, if you miss the first one of those, you can go back and listen to that too. Um, since we're back from the break, which we took in there in the middle somewhere, yeah. just snuck that in. Rob, what have you been up to that isn't Mario Maker or uh, leading us to a more glorious future? Uh, yeah, this weekend I got into F1 2019, uh, which is the new edition of the F1 series from Codemasters. And last year's edition was really good. This year's edition is also really good. It's also doing some... Things that are different and kind of cool uh, compared to last year's. For one thing, they added the Formula 2 championship, which is a it's basically the feeder series for Formula 1. But the kind of cool thing about Formula 2 is because it's a kind of a spec series, the racing actually tends to be less... Uh, what's the way to put it? Formula 1 has a problem where, like, success breeds success and so there's like Mm. a really bad stratification across the formula one grid where like teams can move up like you know they they oscillate like within three finishing positions basically every year of the uh constructors championship but like a team almost never 
basically never goes from like the worst to being a great team the next year. It basically just is impossible. The team that won last year is your most likely team to win this year. Uh, so Formula One has this kind of growing problem where, uh, you know, there's there's the two or three teams that are actually fighting for wins, and then there's everybody else, and they're off doing their own thing. Uh, Formula 2 doesn't have that problem, and so it's just more like action-packed racing. They also do other things with the format. The cars are a little cruder and less fussy to drive. So it's kind of, it's, it's this weird thing where you can basically play a Formula 2 championship okay. in F1 2019, two. and, pardon? Kato's confused. Yeah, it's like two. Yeah, we're talking about Formula Two. We're talking about so there's wait, wait, Formula. I thought you wait. Is the game one? But yeah, you're talking about two. Added Formula Two racing oh, okay. this year is what Rob is saying. Yeah. Yes. So it's basically like if um, like a new NHL game had the entire AHL like simulated in it, and you could just play in that. Like I don't even want to play NHL hockey. I'm just gonna play. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna play like the feeder leagues. And that's kind of a cool thing. It's a it's sort of a change of pace. Yeah. The other thing they did though was they added a story. Oh to hell the yeah! Career mode. What? And I think here's the problem. I think they may have been cowards. They did oh. not go far <laughs> enough with it. But what they did is very good. So what in the career it? mode, so in the career mode, you start you. Uh, you know, you name your driver and figure out what your uh, radio call sign is going to be. And the announcers will, like, say your name what in the race, you, which means me, if you yours? happen to share a name. Uh, so they didn't have anything like my name. They had Roberts. So I just chose Roberts. OK. Uh, last year's edition, I was the professor. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. What was, and, that, uh, what was your nickname, though? What was your call? Your call sign? That's not what it's called. It's not called call signs. Yeah, racing. I mean, that's. I just had like that's how I went. That oh, so every Roberts, time they gotcha. talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this year, this year I'm Roberts. Last year I was the professor. It's ah, the professor is in first. Right. Because uh, I was, you know, teaching those fools. <laughs> anyway, oh, I get it. Yeah, taking people to school. Uh, so this year the career opens and you you make your driver. And then it takes you through a series of like key narrative moments in the Formula Two championship where you are dueling for wins versus your teammate, uh, Lucas Weber, and also your dastardly rival, uh, Devin Butler. And <laughs> Devin Butler is just kind of a English public school shithead. Is the the way I describe him? Like, Great. imagine the uh, Chris Hemsworth character from Rush, but like without any of the likability and just like blatant shittiness. And so, in the first like racing moment, your car has some kind of mechanical fault, and your team is like, "Let your team move over and let your teammate buy his car is still working." And like, are you going to be a team player, Ooh. or are you going to be like, "Fuck that guy! I'm racing for myself." I moved over because I'm a team player. Yeah. Uh, but in another in another moment, it opens just after Devin Butler has kind of run you off the road, uh, destroyed the front wing on your tire, forced you into the pits. You have to get a new wing, and now you're in hot pursuit of him. He's been handed a penalty, and so you have to you have like 
eight laps to catch up with this guy through like a string of traffic and sort of get justice. And it's actually kind of a cool, like it's this really cool, like kind of cinematic conceit where uh, you are the two fastest cars on the track and you are just like moving through slower traffic, just cutting, you know, cutting past people right and left. Uh, It's, it's pretty white knuckle stuff. And then in between all these uh, sort of beats, there are these really hilarious sequences in the pit lane where your teammate Lucas, uh, who's kind of a, he's kind of the gallant of mm. this sort of goofus and gallant construction that exists in this game. He's all like, no, you need to be responsible out there. You're too risky, Devin. You're a dangerous driver. And Devin's like, look, mate, let me give you a piece of advice. Don't get in my way. We all know I'm the best driver out there. And it's he like an Earl or really... something. Is he like a, a secret? How close is he to the queen? Yeah, you, you definitely get the feeling that like he pretends he like his family doesn't have like titles and holdings, right. but yeah. like for sure they do. Yeah. For <laughs> sure they do. Like he goes by Devin Butler, but like actually his father has created like, you know, the second vice count of Warwickshire mm-hmm. or something, some bullshit like that. Fucking house of uh, wars so, type shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, no, this dude's just doing this until he goes into Tory politics, like just hands down. Um, But at the end of the season, he takes you aside and he's like, I'm going in F1 next year. Take my advice. Don't try to follow me. Stay in Formula 2. You can be the big man on campus. And I'm like, fuck you, Devin. I'm going in F1 too. And so now it's on. And uh, so what's hilarious, too, is to make room for these two fictional characters, they bumped two real drivers out of the career mode. Those drivers (laughs) just don't appear. The the two drivers they they bumped in my game were Nico Hulkenberg, who's a really good driver, but he's been just one of those guys who's never quite broken through into the top top elite tier. And rich boy whose dad bought an F1 team to keep him in a racing seat, Lance Stroll. He also got bumped to make room for Devin Butler, who is basically which I find that pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, like a nastier version. Lance okay. Stroll seems like harmless, okay. but okay. just kind of out of his depth. Um, but now that I'm in the F1 series, I was kind of hoping. Like at first, I hated this, but Devin Butler is such an oily fucking character, and all <laughs> these scenes are so clearly like somebody watched. Specifically, somebody watched Rush a lot. Somebody watched mm-hmm. like the first half of Rush and was like, this is the best shit. I'm going to make this into my racing game. And I kind of got sold on it. And now I'm disappointed that there's not more drama during the scene. Like I w- I'm kind of holding out hope for like ugly showdowns in the pit lane between Devin Butler and Lucas Weber and my utterly silent character. Um, that's kind of what I'm holding out hope for, but instead it's just turning into a traditional career mode, but it is a good career mode. Like the racing action is really freaking good this year and the AI drivers are pretty solid. Um, like they will, it's this really tricky thing to figure out how to create good AI drivers. Cause like, if you teach them to be the like just efficient drivers out there, what you'll have is 
a lot of racers running single file kind of processionally because like they just tend to stick too closely to the optimal line. Uh, here they do a lot of the things you, you kind of are accustomed to seeing in real races. So like they will, if you're trying to overtake them on a straight, they will kind of like juke sideways a little bit and like just try to make it completely unclear as to which side of the track they're going to block off. Uh, and prevent you passing. So there's a lot of these like cool little mind games uh, they're playing on on the track. Uh, so it's it's a really good racing game, and it feels dangerous in a way I'm not used to these games feeling. Like driving an F1 car in this game feels intense and scary. I think in a way I don't remember being scary in previous years. Like these things feel. When you open up all the power, because the the cars have a bunch of power settings where you can discharge more of the battery power on a lap, you can enrich the fuel mixture. When you just open it all the way up, the car feels like a different car. It feels like you're basically running in like Fast and the Furious turbo nitro mode, and it's terrifying. <laughs> because like everything you've been doing, all the braking points you know, all the angles you know, are all subtly different because you are going like 30, 40 miles an hour faster sometimes. And it it's just enough to throw you off in the worst way. Uh, and so it's it's pretty harrowing and, and, and pretty cool. It sounds I, I want more sports games to lean into story modes so bad. Um, and to capture that thing that you were just describing in terms Is of just Madden like, getting rid of theirs this year. Yeah, yeah, as far as I can tell, it's gone. And that's really, long shots. That's done. such a bummer. Like I, re- I had mixed feelings about parts of that first season, but I really liked it all said. Um, <clears throat> I never played the second one because I heard such mixed things about it. I heard it was just kind of flat and there weren't many choices and it, fo- it like moved the focus. Ah, but away. that was not a reason to like get away from it. I just feel like that was, there yeah. was a lot of untapped potential there. Me too. Agreed. A hundred percent. I hope people keep experimenting with it because there are so many good sports stories to tell. That's such a thing that is like part of our collective storytelling apparatus. And like, we should just do more of it in video games. I don't know. Um, also, it's a good way for someone like me. Cause like, I am not going to pick up F1 2019. I'm probably not going to pick it up no matter what. Right. But like, there's a world in which if you told me that there is like actually a really good story mode in a sports game uh, for a sport that I like have like some interest in, but I'm not necessarily going to like play a full franchise mode or something. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll 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 play this long enough to like get through the story mode. I'll mess around with some multiplayer. I'll I'll maybe I'll I will get into the franchise mode or like the larger campaign mode because I've had this on route from the story stuff. That I I don't know. I feel like maybe this is a thing that people who make these games have heard a thousand times and have maybe they've been like, no, it doesn't work. We tried it, <laughs> but it seems like a thing. I well, would Codemasters like. have always been interested in that. That's the funny thing is Codemasters were actually early to this. Mm. So if you go back to like the early, like the Toka race driver series or grid one, they were very big on this idea of you have to climb the ranks and there are characters. Now, a lot of the times, what they would end up doing was sort of what they did in Grid 2, which was really underwhelming, which is, um, I think we've seen a, a thousand games like this. The career progression was like, you need to get more fans on social media with your cool <laughs> driving skills. And so it's this idea of, wow, you had a really great race. You got 500,000 engagements yeah, yeah. on Winstagram or something like a that. Lot it's very... of, a lot of racing games tried that shit. Like Need for Speed was trying it. Forza obviously yeah. has, has played in that space, Forza Horizon specifically. Um, 
But I, this is so much different than that to me. Like, this is uh, there is a character who is my rival who I fucking hate. I can get into that so much easier than I can get into. Well, I have followers, and, and you just got to lean in. Like, if you're going to fictionalize part of F1, why not go all the way? Like, yeah. why not create fictional teams with fictional like owners? Like, just go all the way into. You can do the um, fucking John Frankenheimer Grand Prix th- thing where uh, James Garner. Uh, is sort of this disgraced American F1 driver who, I shit you not, his career is resurrected by Tashiro Mifune. Like, literally, like, Mifune's just in this movie and is like, I reckon, he's like, so I hear you flew uh, Corsairs. Uh, No, sorry, I, I, I hear you flew Hellcats during the war. I flew Zeros. I think we understand each other. And I'm looking for, I am looking for a samurai to run my run my racing to, to to drive my race car and like give me that shit like give right, me that right, absurd right. like like <laughs> Yujimba, what are you doing in this movie right, right. and like give me that like give me the inexplicable like character actor or something uh who's like running an f1 team and give me that drama i think there's unexplored potential here and it's actually pretty easy to dovetail with i think the thing that F1 does lend itself to is these kinds of stories in the context of a sports game because it's such an individual sport. I feel like the thing that held Longshot back was they couldn't commit to the ridiculousness of the premise, which was like this guy who's way past his like physical and athletic prime. Yeah. Has missed the key years of his development is somehow going to play his back, his way back into the NFL. Uh, you know, at this late stage, the reality show and all their storylines basically kept circling around. Like <laughs> that's not going to happen. Like he's not actually going to accomplish anything and neither is his friend. And so like long shot ends up feeling like a campaign where you're playing for the kind of the cool Hollywood ending, but it never actually arrives. They couldn't commit to like, they don't believe giving in, you that arc. Right. Right. Like they couldn't do. Right. So it, it, this is a weird, like, connection or tangent i i finished playing hardcore mecha over the weekend the mech game that i was playing the kind of 2d action game um and that's a game that like it's i like it a lot as like a as like an action game and i really like it as a game that's trying to hit the genre conventions of mecha anime um and the thing that it does that long shot doesn't do is like we're just gonna fucking do the thing let's just do the thing like long shot never becomes it never becomes the heroic sports film where, like, in the end, you feel heroic beyond what is reasonably possible. And that is what sports movies, not, you know, not all sports movies, but there's a certain type of Hollywood sports film that is, like, the final act is the team coming together in a way that is that goes beyond, like, realism and hits a degree Give of, Give me the like, fantasy. Put on that epic orchestral right, music exactly. and put on a montage. Right. But, but I think Rob is right that the bulk of that game uh, story is just like undercutting it to such a degree, and there is a conclusion. Like I beat that first that first uh, story mode for 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 long shot. Well, you know there are moments of like big success and stuff in in the end, but there but it never um, it never feels like. I mean, part of it's because like long shot is not a, the first season of long shot is not about getting to play. NFL football, you know what I mean? It's about getting getting picked up by a team. And so you're never going to have that moment of, like, the Super Bowl win. Fucking put the Super Bowl win in it. Put the, <laughs> let you win or the Super Bowl in the first season. Go the... Scan, jump to five years later and, like... Something. 
right? Or you go the other route. And so I actually want to check out was it last year's NBA game, the one with Haley Joel Osment? Uh, this um, is news. To but me. wait, what? <laughs> this is news. Sora? Yeah. Sora's uh, there? I think so that's Kingdom what? Hearts. I think you're thinking about Kingdom no, Hearts. No, like in the campaign. So, like, I think it oh was. Oh my God, uh, it is. Luke over Kata- Yeah. It's Anthony Mackie um, and, and Haley Joel Osment are in the, 20, the sure. NBA 2K19 mode, story mode. So, I was watching a bunch of cutscenes. Oh, from this. right. I remember this now. And it a, looked to me like the direction they went there that actually really intrigued me is that they committed to an extended sort of journeyman phase in your career yes. where you are basically playing in development leagues. You are in, uh, it, you know, it's very like you're basically in the heartland and you well, know, no, that's trying to, like, do you remember where you actually do you remember the thing? Because it's even no. more interesting that you're in a Chinese league. You go to a chi- you play in China. Your teammates speak Chinese. You are like someone who doesn't who you're, it's like a stranger in a strange land setup, and that's where you start building yeah. your following. And uh, I remember I don't remember who was telling me about this, but it seemed really interesting. But like all the presentation is in Chinese. All of the the like screen graphics are all like for Chinese television. Um, it's just such an interesting like premise of present on the presentation side. And I think that's the that's another interesting way you can like because if the problem is that you it feels strange to heavily fictionalize your license. It feels strange to have your career mode basically plug into a league that is clearly uh, fictionalized uh, as far as like what the league actually looks like, which I like I don't think games should have this problem. Like look at like look at what the NFL supported uh, movie draft day does it creates a completely fictional history for the cleveland browns right. even i have not seen that film Rob. oh dude you gotta <laughs> see that movie to it you gotta see that movie it's so <laughs> like it is weirdly compelling and okay. it is absurd it is like it is just complete nfl like propaganda about how no matter how shitty your team is we can all get behind the magic of draft day and Kevin it Costner is the day is like the GM, right? Yeah, of the Browns. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. But he's not just the GM; he is the GM of the Browns, right? But also, he's the son of the founder of the Browns. Oh my, you oh, know, God. the founder of the Browns. That 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 franchise with a deep history going back centuries, really, uh, unbroken and just unbroken lineage of never of the Browns. Uh, Always in he, Ohio. Yeah, just basically the he's he's sort of the. Uh, he's the, the son of the Hallis Lombardi uh, figure of the Browns, who fired his dad. He became Damn. GM of the comp- of the team, and like pulled the plug on his dad. And ironically, <laughs> his dad died of a heart attack like immediately after, and so he's always oh. carrying guilt around. No, so you gotta watch this. Oh. So he's got this one draft day to like get this all right and like make good on the past. The other awesome thing, though, is that their top draft prospect, and this this movie came out in 2014, like three months before the draft, their top draft prospect is this hotshot quarterback mm. that everyone's like, you got to draft, you got to trade up to get this guy. This guy is this guy is like football incarnate, and Costner's like, yeah, I should I should draft a quarterback, but damn it, there is just such a good, like honest workaday. Uh, like linebacker, I want to say, who's in the mix that like the first time you meet him, he's taking his uh, sister's kid to like dance class 
Okay. And he's like, hey, just just calling to see about like whether I'm getting drafted. But the <laughs> thing is, you know who the Browns drafted later that year? Is Manziel. That, uh, yeah, okay. So, so wait, like, so they didn't learn the lessons from Kevin Costner. The entire movie is basically about you need to dig deeper. Like it's like yeah. a, the, the movie shot like a mystery. Kevin Costner has this feeling Johnny that Football's there's something not off about this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You gotta, you, and so you he gotta, starts investigating. He starts investigating him for character issues. And it's and it's tremendous. Like you just need to watch it. But the point is, okay. if they can basically falsify the entire construction of the NFL and its history for that, you can do that in a game too. Right. Like you can just like make it dramatic. Like you know, get your cameos, but then insert more characters to sort of give the career mode some some fictional grounding it doesn't always it doesn't have to end in the mlb the show way where your career just begins and you're launched into uh the main game just if you want to make a story campaign just do it what if you did okay let me give you an nfl story mode campaign what if you had a team that had like a deep local fandom like just like even when the team is bad the seats are fucking filled you know what i mean and They, they, they uh, move. The owner moves cities, and then what you play is the expansion team that gets added years later in the original team. You pick the team that moves. You pick what you pick, like your favorite team, or maybe you pick your oh, least wow. favorite team. Yeah, like if you are the Browns fan, you fucking move the Browns to let's say Baltimore or some other place. <laughs> so if I was playing, what I would do is I would click the button that says Cleveland Browns and then click the button that says Baltimore and give Baltimore two teams, turning Baltimore into a two-team market just to live in the world where Cleveland got fucked twice. Uh, and then I would start the Cleveland Browns That's- for the third time in Cleveland. But then you're like, you're it's an expansion team. Like they're, You're going to come in with new talent and you're going to be the star whatever. And and kind of reconnect with the local fans. They don't trust you at first because it's like you're not you're not our old. I have my heart broken twice. Twice already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ah, you could do it. Right as Baker Mayfield came in, send them away. Send them away. Uh, Anyway, more sports games should have stories. That's that's our takeaway. Quick thing I'll say, just by the way, yes. there was an amazing F1 race this weekend. Okay. Just like one of the best, all, like all-time Hall of Fame. Great stuff. Wheel-wheel action. The thing that riveted me, though, was Lewis Hamilton, best driver in the world, maybe maybe the best driver ever, was doing this thing through the race. Uh, so if you get on the curbs in F1, the curbs are really sharp, and they will fuck up your car. Uh, but also they kind of channel your car a little bit. It acts a little bit like a rail. And so like in it's really dangerous getting on those because they can really throw your car off and they can basically like send you into a spin because you lose contact with the uh with the tarmac uh it's it, it's a really powerful effect in the game where like if you hit one of those curbs wrong it will just spill you all the way around and whip you into a wall it's it's again kind of terrifying you really start like treating those things like they're landmines Lewis Hamilton this weekend was doing this thing. Uh, Martin Brundle is one of the commentators called it out. He appeared to be using one of the cur- the curbs as an arresting wire to like he would throw his car up onto the curb and use it to kind of snap the car into a drift 
and reorient the, the nose in the turn and power out of it. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. And it was ba- like, I've never seen him use a curb like that. People use the <laughs> curbs, but he was basically like almost treating it the way like a skateboarder treats like a rail or something. It was just the weirdest <laughs> damn thing. Uh, and like, I spent like I was, I was losing my mind yesterday trying to like do that in the game and you can sort of do it like when you when you pull it off you do feel like an absolute god but <laughs> it's like I was pulling it off one time in 10 where that worked out well the rest of the time I was just like getting catapulted <laughs> into the wall uh, and it was wild to me yesterday it was like Hamilton basically doing that lap after lap where you'd see him like sort of just sweep up onto the curb and then just like kind of drift the car through the turn at high speed. It was the damnedest thing. Um, and it was just, it's neat to see like in the game, you, the physics kind of let you try to do that. And that is, it was sort of this weird, uh, it was this weird way you could see, you know how, when like Steph Curry goes on a tear, you're like, oh, he's, you know, he's basically turned to a video game character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was a weird thing you were seeing Hamilton do where like he was driving. He sometimes like he was having one of those drives where like sometimes he drives like a dude playing a racing game uh, and just making it work. Right. And it was a weird thing to like be able to do something like that in F1 2019. Um, and like it kind of captures what's neat about that game and that there's so much that is possible now with the physics model and the handling model that just wasn't there before. Sounds cool. Rob, if people want to hear more thoughts from you on F1, is there a place they could do that? Uh, Yeah, you can listen to me on the Shift F1 podcast with uh, Danny O'Dwyer and Drew Scanlon. Uh, We are going to be talking about the Austrian Grand Prix this week, which had a controversial ending. Uh, The referees were involved up until the last minute and actually beyond. There was a long wait to figure out who actually won that race. Did Max Verstappen, with his elbows out, did he cross the line? Is he... Is he reckless out there? Is he dangerous? Does he race? Does Elbows he race out. unethically? Elbows oh, yeah. out. What's that mean? Denied. Denied. It means basically he he wanted to pass a guy for the lead and he ran him off the road. Whoa! And Elbows out. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And then the officials speed were, racer shit. You know, had to look at it. <laughs> is that speed racer? Is that allowed? <laughs> is that just? Who can say? Well, we're gonna tell you this week on Shift F One, a podcast you dare not miss. Okay. Dare not miss. There's the you're working on that promo. That's good. Um, People can follow that just on pod. You find it on a podcast app. Yeah, it's like on iTunes. No, just on podcasts. Okay, good on podcasts. Great, great. Anyone else playing anything else before we wrap up here? Uh, I I mean, real quick, just talk about Hardcore Mecca, a game I I shouted out briefly last week. Um, That's like a a, what a fun six hours I had playing that game. Uh, It is like a 2D side-scrolling action game where you have a mech, you upgrade that mech, but not in, like, the Armored Core sense, in the, like, as you play, you get level rankings and money, and Mm -hmm. you spend that money to, like, get new, like, more armor or uh, reduced cooldown on your abilities or different types of weapons and stuff like that. Much, much more straightforward than something like Armored Core. Um, 
you're kind of I, I ended up playing a lot with mouse and keyboard. I tried controller and didn't like it that much. Huh. Um, I really like the mouse for being able to aim precisely. Mm, I okay. kind of move with mm. WASD, jump with space, shift was like a dash, Q and E are two different melee abilities. Looking at it, I can see how that would work on a uh, right a thumb. Controller, so here's right? the thing on a controller is right thumbstick doesn't aim. And that is oh, the thing that, yeah. They, it, so, that's, I would immediately yes, be like, this is course. a twin stick situation. If it was a twin but... stick situation, I would like it a lot more. Yeah. But like, also there's other stuff that's like, you can't remap the controls. Um, and so like, I mm-hmm. want dash to be on the B button so bad. I mm-hmm. couldn't get over it in my head. Yeah. Because presumably playing too many Souls games, <laughs> I want my dodge over there. Yeah. Um, but it's not, and you can't make it that way. Huh. So it's like, I'm just going to commit to playing on the, on the mouse and keyboard. I figured it, like I got it and let me just keep going. And I've been trying to think about how to compare this game to other stuff because it's not like Contra mm-hmm. because in Contra, you, when you, when you shoot people in something like a 2d uh, side scrolling action game, like Contra, it never feels good. Like to sh- it's like whatever. I'm shooting somebody. And like boss killing a boss feels great, but killing like random grunts is like whatever. I'm just holding the button down and they're running into my bullets. Yeah. Um. And so it feels it. Fe- so every every kill in that game feels substantial, partially because of the way the screen shakes and partially because of the way that like the enemies explode. Like every every because you're they they communicate scale even though you're playing kind of a little character on a screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And the thing that I ended up coming around to on both in terms of the level like pacing um the way that it's built around like fun how do i get through this tactical fight uh action and then also big set pieces that are like really memorable is actually halo um you know i don't think that it's as good as halo games are in terms of their action campaigns um but in terms of like what it's going for it's kind of trying to feel like a 2d halo game where you're kind of a big tough character but you still have to be thoughtful and like you have to be kind of conservative in play sometimes you'd be defensive Mm -hmm. reactive um you have to be able to like have a a plan of action when getting into fights especially the harder more like chaotic fights there are these moments just like in the halo series where it's you and a bunch of npcs versus a huge like Mm -hmm. onslaught of enemies sometimes that's about setting up a little base using uh kind of consumables where you can like put up barricades to shoot through Hmm. sometimes that's like using abilities or setting up mines and stuff like that sometimes it's like there are moments when when you get an objective that's like hey protect these buses that are being filled with like uh, people trying to retreat from this enemy attack and like the way to protect them is literally to jump up in the air and like hold down your shield button so that you take the mortars that are oncoming. Um, And and I think the thing that it does best, and this is kind of what I was getting at when we were talking about story game stories and sports games is it is unabashedly trying to be one of those. Like, Mm -hmm. and when I say one of those, I mean a Macross, a Gundam. It is trying to be a Code Geass. It's trying to do the thing that animated, to to hit all the notes. And like, because of that, it's actually probably closer to something like Call of Duty in its story. Like, uh, what's the Infinite Warfare? Where it's like, there's no deeper message here. The, The writing is, again, the writing is kind of poorly translated, but also the kind of, what it's going for is nothing special. Like it is very much a story about like a, an evil terrorist group trying to take over Mars, you know, and then then (laughs) the rest of the universe or whatever. Um, but it is high style, high character action. Um, all every every level starts and ends with this just like confrontation or or scenario that is like you know hand to your mouth wow mm. whether that is mechs launching up through this the cloud cover as they reach this huge you know over encompassing sky base that actually looks kind of like death egg there's a level that's like what is death egg <laughs> but mechs uh we're not death wait, egg. Wait. not death egg what's the what's the fortress at the end of sonic 2 
that one. The one that there's like isn't that? I thought that's what Death Egg. No, was. Death Egg is its own. Is like the is like the Death Star, but Hold last on. levels. Sonic Two levels. What's it called? What's the sky? I'm just gonna look up Death Egg. I think it's Death called egg. Sky. It's not. I just want to see what I get for Death Egg. You're gonna well, get no. I just get Sonic. You're stuff, gonna get Sonic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it's, there's a level before that. Sky Chase Zone. What's that go into? That goes into. Doesn't that go into? Because you go up to Death Egg to fight the boss. Yeah, but then you go up to it though, yeah, right? Yeah, but wait, wait. Are you talking to the second to last of them? Yeah, like, I'm talking right about that. I'm talking about the Sky Fortress. Anyway, it's like I that. thought Death Egg was the Sky Fortress. No, Death Egg is the Death Star. Isn't that the sky? Is it's above a, the sky. That's is space. A separate sky fortress. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> you're like hopping around up there. There's, there's, you know, the kind of the cutscenes in a boot. It's a boot. It's a boot for sure. Guess um, a mech. Wing Wait, fortress zone is the boot. Is the Goomba boot a mech? The Goomba boot is a vehicle. It's more it's like got, an exoskeleton. It's got the little. It is. You know what it is? It's so it's sized so tightly. It's right. more like an exoskeleton. Gotcha. There aren't like okay. limbs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, if you need ha- if you need have trouble falling asleep tonight, just listen to this part of the conversation. Um, <laughs> it is a really cool game that I think people are going to sleep on because I don't know that it. Mm. I mean, for one, I think it's probably still. I think twenty bucks is probably a little too much for what's there. It's like a five or six or seven hour campaign, a multiplayer mode where you don't level up quick enough. You, they really got to just like triple the amount of XP you get. Because <laughs> I win a lot, and I'm uh. still like level five. And the next mech, I liked one mech at level two or something, but the next one doesn't unlock until level eight. And it's like, oh, I just don't. I want to see what that mech does. I want to see all the mechs in this game yeah. in multiplayer because it's the only way to like see you, to you play run- as those other ones. Oh, I was gonna say, do you not run through the main story with different mechs? No, it's the one mech, have, okay. and it gets upgrades and it focuses on it that way. Uh-huh. I would love for them to do it like a DLC. That is just like, hey, play through the main game with all the other other, all the like, other ones. Just, wait, they're in there already. Just but play they're through only these in the multiplayer. Yeah, totally. Damn. I mean, the other mechs show up in sure. the story, and they're dope. Like, there's a moment yeah. in the Sky Fortress Zone <laughs> where this one shows up that is just like a walking siege cannon that has two huge, just like metal, like barriers that it can put in front of it and uh-huh. kind of go into siege configuration and blow the shit out of everything. And it Bastion. looks great. It's, Bastion. it's sort of like that. But yeah. it's bigger. What if Bastion was the size of a building right. and could go into like it, turret yeah, mode? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Right. But the <laughs> but it's it's I, it's just like one of those things that is there are a lot of mech games. There are. Like uh-huh. we've, we've hit a moment in my life where I can play. I have an overwhelming amount of mech games to play. I got an email today about another one. One, most of them are bad. Like most mech games yeah. are just not good. The ones that are good are tend to be going for something else. I think about last year's Battletech. I love Battletech. It's not going for anime mechs, right. right? A lot of the ones that are going for anime mechs are licensed and licensed stuff, not always great. Uh, a lot of the good licensed mech games don't come out in the West um, <laughs> or are have started to come out in English but in Asia. You know, you, I could I could import the new Super Robot Wars game if I wanted to. Very few it's of like them. like the Hong Kong version, right? right? Exactly. It usually comes out in English. Yeah, exactly. And I've done that in the past for certain games happily. But very few of them are like cool action games that not just execute on, hey, I'm in a mech shooting a mech, but try to hit all of the different kind of um, emotional and genre beats that go into a mecha 
anime. Right. And so this is things like, here's the mission where gravity is low and you're kind of like trying to manage your booster and you're kind of like up in space and and doing all that all the time. Here, again, is the one, there's like one bad stealth uh, action level. Right. Um, here's a level where like you're, you're uh, kind of... Um, completely like overwhelmed and trying to like manage uh like if defend a, a single space from an incoming force here's the moment where like you all kind of like rush forward and it becomes an auto scroller for like 30 seconds which is exactly as long as i ever want to play any auto scrolling <laughs> level but it's like a sick moment it's like all right we have to make the dramatic charge and it kind of mechanizes a lot of those genre beats in a way that they could have just left them in the cutscenes. right there's there's a it's in the trailer there's a moment when you just instead of playing as the pilot in the mech you take over the entire show ship you play the ship and it becomes a space shooter for <laughs> like five minutes yeah and so it's just trying to hit all of these beats yeah. in a way that's like again unlike something like long shot which wants to retreat away and be kind of like quiet about being this heroic fantasy this game is just like fuck it man i know you haven't gotten to play this stuff before yeah i know you haven't had this like experience in an interactive way let's just do it um the one note is like it ends in some really difficult levels that are that like push me to my my brink and I was like all right who how I need need to either really internalize and learn this boss mm -hmm. or cheese it right. um and I basically cheesed it so what the fuck ever um that but it was sucks. good I I really enjoyed it and again it's like eighteen what months is it what is have uh, something that's yeah. like a status quo y yes. thing which yes. is why I want to play like. I, I want to play Bloodstained. I've just been I yeah. super frustrated that the Switch version is trash and sounds like it's going to stay trash. trash. I know they've committed to doing patches and stuff like that, but I just... Uh, so whatever. I was going to either buy the PC or PS4 version. But like I was encouraged by the reviews like, yo, do you want to play a game from... 15 years ago? Yeah. It's like, I do, actually. Yeah. And I was like, this is one of those. It's, like, it's comfortable. It and it's a good one. one. I'm like, great, yep. that's fine. Yep. Like, sometimes it's okay to just... Scratch that itch. It and, felt good. Uh, I, I so mean, I'm finally gonna jump on that this weekend. Here's the other the other half of this conversation is that I played it after. Like how how real do I want to be? Do I want to be here? So mm -hmm. I was very sick this okay. weekend already. So I was already mm -hmm. like you were. When, when you're sick and you're not getting enough sleep and you're feverish, which I still am. Um, you get into a place where you're like, your brain just goes on adventures. Mm -hmm. And so one of the adventures my brain went on because I was still up looking at Twitter like a fool. Was reading oh people. Oh well, yeah, talk that's about, something you only do when you're sick. Well, yeah, but listen to what I'm about to say. Reading people, <laughs> okay. talking about how good Final Fantasy 14 is, and I got it in my head for. I saw. Oh, I saw the manifestation <laughs> on this. He started asking for fucking recommendations, yeah. and I was sitting there going, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you may have noticed Patrick in the chat we're in. I was like, does anyone here play Final Fantasy f uh, 14? 14, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyone see, I'm already, I'm still in a dream yeah. state. <laughs> Snake eater. Um, the, uh, does anyone play Final Fantasy 14? Um, and so I spent, I was like working on some stuff for friends at the table. I was trying to like figure out, I had to fix the friends at the table thing. We don't want to talk, talk about that in the friends at the table postmortem. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, but in okay. between waiting for like files to render and stuff, I was re-watching YouTube videos on how to get into Final Fantasy XIV, reading about like, okay, well, how long is it? When does it get really good? People say that like that's a game that actually genuinely has cool stuff to say about politics. Like every – the specific set of tweets that I had seen from people were kind of pointing to it as a game that doesn't stop at the – 
like you killed the bad guy way to go. Instead, it takes that next step and it's like you killed the bad guy. Cool. Now there's a power vacuum and now the city is kind of thrown right. into chaos and like as well, there's expansions so, like naturally right. the story has to deal with like consequences the way that normal Final Fantasy games just run away from. Right. And like and like those expansions sometimes even do it inside of the expansion is my understanding. Mm. I'm sure people mm. are listening and screaming at me about how good this game is and things I'm missing and blah, blah, blah. But I spent eight hours of that first night being like or first day being like, all right, I can do this. Like I could just get into it. I could put a couple hours into it a night. Awesome. I'll catch up to the new stuff. I, I really need something that's just like a relaxing, fun <laughs> thing in the background. And I get like eight hours into that. I started looking up like how long it was. So one, I cannot buy a skip. You know this about me. I can't skip. Skip. To, skip. <laughs> I want to address the issue. Um, I cannot skip. Well, and also the... specifically, people have said about Final Fantasy fourteen that as much as tempted as you might be to want to do the skip, yes. and you can yes. just jump into the new expansions where it gets not just like promising or good. But the capital G good yeah. is that part of the reason you will appreciate and understand, like part part of the arc of it, almost requires playing through some of the the messier parts early, right? Um, For context, so I want to the... know what the I want to know what the state of the world is. I want to yeah. know what the I can't just jump to to Heavensward and be like, all right, I'm here. Heavensward is that the name of it? The newest one? No, the the first sure. expansion. Oh, first expansion. Heavensward, Storm Blood, Dark Arisen, or whatever. It's not Dark Arisen. <laughs> That's the dragon. No one here is going to correct you, Austin. Dark. The one. Shadow the one Bringers? Heavensward, if you want Dark to. Bringers? Shadow Bringers. Shadow Bringers. The one that just came the one out. that Tom Holland <laughs> plays. Oh, right. In the ad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. But Hannibal Burris doesn't? I don't know. He just hangs just, out. He's interested. I think he's interested. Hannibal's okay. there also. Took that paycheck. Yeah, he took that. He's interested in that paycheck. <laughs> so at hour eight, I read a thing that is like, oh, yeah, the main game, you could probably beat the main the main scenario, the original, or not the original, but the realm. Can I the, guess? Yeah, guess. Can I guess? Guess. Mm, I was going to say 40 to 45 hours. Um, 150. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Why did you, you want me to keep going? No, 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 no. So it's not forty or fifty. If Your it, lack of response to either me or Cato I wanted to see, me, like made my stomach churn. No, I just wanted to see what your response was to Cato's because it was it was something mm -hmm. like one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty hours. It'll only take you like three weeks, four <laughs> yep. weeks, and. I yeah. So when you were like, "Oh fuck," that was my response to seeing that because in my head, the main A Realm Reborn campaign was forty or fifty hours, and I was like, "Listen, I made that time for Sekiro. I made that time for Outer Wilds. Not forty, but like you know, twenty five, thirty. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, it's kind of sure. slow right now. Maybe I could sneak it in. Yeah. And I saw the hundred and fifty thing or hundred and thirty, whatever it was. And I know people are gonna write and be like, "Oh, you could do it in eighty. You could skip this, this, this." And, that. and I believe me, I looked for yeah, skip yeah. lists. I did all that shit. But like, I know who I am. Yeah. I know who I am. <laughs> it will not take me less time. It will take me more. <laughs> Whatever your average is, add 20. Because yeah. I want to be like, well, I want to take some photos. I want to look at the mini games. I, wanna, I know who the fuck I, I am. I want to watch this lore video. Yeah, yeah. of course. I want to under. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I was overcome. Like, one, I'm like dead ass. People know that like I have have uh, depression and anxiety. There's like real shit that I deal with. It's like I'm a therapist, etc. Uh, I hit a like a real fucking panic attack. Like I saw that number Oof. and my night spiraled away. I was already sick. I was already not in a good headspace. And it hit me with these things like, oh, I'm never going to have that sort of time in my life. Oh, 
I'm, this is my life forever. Where my life is right now is my life forever. For the next 60 years, because I'm not going to get to retire because the fucking boomers have made sure that none of us will get to. This is it. A version of this forever. Yeah. Um, and I, my life is not bad. I recognize this. I know what the fuck it is. I know I got it. You know, I, I'm not. But. But there are things I would love to change, and one of them is I would love to find the time to play Final Fantasy XIV, which is not viable in in any way right now. Um, and so I like had like a terrible spiral, like mental health panic attack breakdown over not being able to figure out how to fit a couple of hours a night in, of this game that lots of my friends love and play. Like, oh, I'm not going to be able to play with them. Some of them want to play it, but they only want to play it if I start playing it. I'm like, oh my God, no, I want you to go have fun. But like, I don't because I'm like selfish. Like, I want to have fun with you. Like, complete, like complete, Ooh. real deep, bad yeah. tears. Just, you know, not a good night. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Real. Like, because it's connecting to other stuff. It's like, well, I was supposed to go see my family this weekend. I could try to sneak it in next weekend, but if I do that, like, well, I won't be able to. Like, complete, real. <sighs> I'm dead. At, I'm being as on real vulnerability with you. Yeah. Woke up the next day, and I was like, I know what I'm going to do. And I went to put. I was like, I can get what I want out of Final Fantasy 14 another way. Final Fantasy 12, <laughs> 60 hour game. I can get through that. So I start the day. I'd already bought it. I already shipped it. Also, real quick, whoever fucking delivers packages at my apartment, if you bring the bell and no one comes no one comes to the door immediately, you don't have to throw the package down the stairwell next <laughs> to my apartment building. I like found it. I found Final Fantasy 12 one night, which I'd ordered well before this, <laughs> down a little stairwell that leads into like the basement of my building. Like, outside. I was like, why is there just a package down there? Whose package might that be? I walked down there. It was my package <laughs> that was supposed to have been delivered days before. It'd be great if, like, the person thrown it, and then they did that. Sometimes the Amazon shipments, the person has to take a photo, and they're like, I would love that. Got it. Got it. Right, yeah, yeah, totally. Down there. They have to draw a little arrow on it. I would have preferred if I had Quick seen Quick interlude. That. Yeah. That is a very uh-huh. funny detail, given that Motherboard just published a piece today about Amazon so concerned about the sacred delivery of their oh, fucking fuck packages, off. partnering with police departments yeah, I to bet. install their fucking ring devices on people's uh, like doorsteps to track like stolen packages that may or may not exist. I'm going to go buy a, uh, a fucking mask and a hammer when I'm done with this. <laughs> Catch yeah. me out it's here, fix Really the good world. story by our friends at Motherboard, just about you how like Amazon and the re- cops were like really hype. You just get a real strong magnet. Yeah, get a real strong magnet. Fuck yeah. with all those electronics. Just Hell stand yeah. next to it for a second. We should yeah. all invest in magnets. <laughs> so I o- I Welcome get the package. Easy. I open the package. I pull out Final Fantasy twelve. I'm like, hell yes, I'm gonna put it in. And dead ass, I go to put it in, and I'm like, wait. But Breath of the Wild's been in my Switch for two and a half years. I've never taken oh it out. God. I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna go play Hardcore Mecha instead. <laughs> and so I did, and it it fixed my whole system up. It, fu- it just completely oh, back cracked. That's I was like, oh, wow, I feel good. It, yeah, I'm well, way better now. <laughs> Mental health, mwah, perfect. I I finally played Final Fantasy XII that night. I did. I pulled Breath of the Wild out. I was like, I want to put it in Final Fantasy XII, and I got to minute five of the intro cutscene and went to bed. <laughs> I have this like building phobia of like time Life? being wasted. Oh yeah, no, uh-huh. totally. Sure. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. 
that on Building? any given day, like it can be a really nice day. At the end of that day, I'm thinking, should I have watched that episode of TV? Is that show that good? Because that's time I could have spent wa- reading this book that I'm really enjoying. Mm. And behind that book, there's all these other books that I really want to read. Yeah. And why am I doing 50% race lengths in F1 2019? <laughs> Do I really need to feel like a real F1 driver? I'm doing the full race weekend and the like committing to just like two hours per race to get a race weekend on. Do I need to be that person? Why am I playing this Mario Maker level for five hours? It's not even going to become I content. should just like... It's not. I should just Nothing's only be having the best experiences. I should only be doing the things that are like most restorative and like valuable to me. <laughs> and yet here I am like... See, the fucked up thing is... 30 laps at... Albert Park in Australia. The thing is, the fucked up thing is I can look at you with a straight face and be as honest as I can and be like, Rob, you needed those 50% races. Like, you're right. Maybe it doesn't yeah. cleanly categorize itself into, a, into uh, you know, it doesn't label itself in a category of something where it's like, oh, this is good for me in that way. But self-care is a real thing. And sometimes you need to prime yourself for the for the deeper dives, the the, the, the harder work of reading that, that book that you're really enjoying. You're a multifaceted individual. Plus, capitalism has tricked us all anyway into thinking that productivity is the be-all, end-all. And even self-care is in some ways a weapon and a tool of capitalism in that what it's trying to get you to do is is repair yourself and reproduce yourself as a laborer and a worker. Self-care that we should be focused on shouldn't always be the restorative kind. It should be the wasteful kind. Sometimes, you know, the 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 the, the world that we want to live in or the world that we should want to live in is the one where we do get to waste time. And I can say that to you in a straight face. And then tonight I'll be like, well, yeah, I can't play Final Fantasy 12 because I won't even be able to talk about it on the podcast. So instead I'll play this shitty game I got review code for. So I get it. One hundred <laughs> percent um so i it's mm. brains are weird yeah that's my takeaway so that was my we're work in progress here at waypoint we're all works at progress all of us in the world and the people who think that they're not are the ones who who maybe should really double down and start to investigate whether or not work some work needs to be done because <laughs> it does for yeah all of patrick us. Look, wow. I ran out of. I thought we had to record the podcast, and so I didn't finish the final screen. <laughs> I made it to the final screen. The fi- oh, Patrick! I could beat that level. Here's the thing that I actually want to tell you. I think you could have sure. beaten that level right then. I tried to. You can't get to the end from there without the. You could have. Why didn't you go back to get the boot? The boot would the have. Boot de- the boot had already despawned. No, the the Goomba with the boot respawns every time you go through that door. You could have gone back. Right, but I would have had to go all the way back You had down. 70 seconds. You could have done it. You have to believe in yourself. Yeah, I, in 70 seconds, I could have done the level again. Because now I know what the now loop you know is. Because now you know what the loop is. That's true. I'm good. I'll crush that thing on Wednesday But what morning. if you had turned Maybe around? Tonight. What if you had been like, wait, I need the boot. And turned and raced and jumped in the water and started swimming. You're swimming. You're swimming down. You go through that pipe. You see the Goomba in the shoe. You jump past the bomb. You land in the shoe. You jump back up. You jump back in. The the claw grabs you. The water starts rising. You go back, and then you jump back in. And then even if you miss it, even if you miss it, you tried. I'm not – I actually think you would hit a block trying to go through the spiky section because there are fire fire things on the right and left. So you'd have to time it perfectly to fall in between the spikes – but they're, uh, uh, you'd only get one square, yeah. so that would be tough. You're right. You're right. And even then, when you hit the bottom, the claw would get you, and then the claw would 
swipe you into one. All right, well, now I wanted you to have done it for different reasons. Because I wanted you to have gone through all of that and then the claw to have grabbed you and yanked you away. Oh. The claw is very good. It's my favorite tool in that game so far. It seems very good. Um, anything else or should we wrap this nightmare up? I don't know. Shout out to Sessions. I fought the equivalent of the Battle of Gettysburg okay. in Total War Three Kingdoms. It was unreal, y'all. So I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm Gong Sun Zen. Yeah, of and course. And I'm, I'm at war with Yuan Shao. Fuck that guy. And we basically like got this really awkward border where armies replenish quickly on home territory, especially if like home territory is developed. We've basically ended up in a Civil War type situation where like, Yuan Shao basically has like the heartland of the Confederacy. It's basically like the Richmond area. And I'm up there in like the Potomac area uh, of DC and our armies can just like go to town on each other, demolish each other. And then within like two turns be basically replenished. Like you accomplish nothing. Um, but Yuan Shao like launched this massive attack with like three, four armies. I sort of raced all my armies to, to meet him. I was outnumbered. Um, and I've never had a battle like this in a Total War game, I don't think. Every battle starts with just two armies on the field, but reinforcing armies march onto the field from different points on the map based on where they were coming from on the campaign map. So I am going to be outnumbered like three to one. But for the moment when this battle starts, I have like a one to one ratio. And so I basically have to rush forward uh, with... Uh, Gong Sun Zan and uh, his his team of heroes, not rivals. That doesn't work. We're all on the same page. Yeah, of here. course, yeah. And <laughs> we've we've learned. We just like hammer uh, Yuan Shao's like first army, but it is a better army than mine. My like humble peasant militiamen are bravely trying to hold the line while my archers and cavalry are just trying to uh, route enemy troops as quickly as possible. Um, and one of my reinforcements armies, basically like the first corps at Gettysburg, is slowly marching onto the field. Is all heavy, heavy infantry. It is being led by um, Dong Min, I want to say, who's like just a, a a badass like single combat warrior here to just like harvest the enemy generals. And I'm just like holding the line. Try like I'm watching units drop from like 140 men at the start down to like. 70 down to like 40 down to 30 somehow they're not routing yeah why are they not just fleeing and uh because they're veterans by this point and there's a lot of generals around them providing bonuses and like my cavalry is successfully routing a lot of enemy troops by charging into the back of them so okay like i do keep temporarily changing the odds at different sectors of the front and finally, like just as my line is starting to give way, that second army slams into the enemy flank, Ugh. rolls them up. And just as I'm like, we've got this one, the enemy reinforcement army comes pouring out of the woods no. behind <laughs> my new army. No. And so, yeah, that's not where you so want basically, them. <laughs> no. So what we have to do is we had to carve through, like just route all the way through the first enemy army and then just keep marching and turn that attack into a retreat up a hill and then turn around and fight that new army. 
with whatever the hell we had left. It was incredible. Uh, It was one of those things where I was consistently outnumbered. But once you start an enemy army retreating and like routing, it's easier to get more of them to run. So even though if they'd all stopped and fought, I would have just been like swamped by troops. Mm. Yeah, it was just like they were all in a terror and panic. And so I'm just like racing around, like trying to just keep whenever a group like looks brave and is starting to rally, I've got to immediately like charge them down and scare the shit out of them and get them routing. It was amazing, dude. It was like, I think seven thousand troops engaged over the course of the battle, uh, which is pretty wild for a total war battle. Uh, Four thousand enemy dead. Um, it was, it was unreal. Um, so it was a total war three kingdoms. Good game. Still a good game. Hell yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you, you won that one, even if it (laughs) did cost you uh, dearly. Uh, Patrick, I'm glad you lost your Mario maker. Uh, thing, but I have confidence okay. in your ability to win it. I really I do. made progress. That's not You're right. losing. You're right. That is working towards the end state that is desirable, which is to destroy the level. You'll have more of that on either you'll play some more tonight or Wednesday. I'll get to see you victorious, hopefully. Yeah. Whether or not you won, Dan Dan definitely did win. Right. No matter no matter, <laughs> no matter who wins, Dan wins. Dan wins. That's I the, enjoyed that someone uh, gifted a sub to, to my Twitch channel to Dan. Oh, that's very yeah. funny. That's good. That's very good. Good. Uh, Kato. So, so during my first stream, someone gifted a sub to Bernie Sanders, and I was like, I ho- I hope someone got a notification. <laughs> yeah. Some communications first is like, excuse me. Has Bernie streamed yet? Did he use that channel? Uh, I th- I think during the uh, debate, um, I think that's what it was used for. Oh, he should stream more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. You you know maybe get him into Final Fantasy 14. 14. Bernie Sanders play Final Fantasy 14. He with wants me. to get caught up for the expansion. Yeah. <laughs> God, God, please. I'll oh listen. God. I'll play support. You can play DPS. I'll leave Bernie. I'll even let you play Samurai. All you have to do is do damage. You don't. There's no utility on the Samurai class. The thing I know now. Wow. Yeah. Just all damage. Just nice. the most selfish class is what I've heard. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but it seems cool. I would. The great <laughs> animations. I'll happily play one of the support. He knows classes. everything about selfish classes. That's part of his stump speech. So. Well, that's what the fantasy is, right? In real life, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders gets to you know. Uh, Talk about, you know, all sorts of opportunities for us to come together and to work as a, as a unit. But online, he just wants to be a selfish motherfucker who gets all the glory for himself, gets those drops, gets, gets those commands. Self-care. 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 There it is. That is going to do it for us. Kato, I also believe in you. I just want to be clear. Huh. Congrats to, Pat- to, to Rob on his, on his victory. Congrats <laughs> to Patrick on his loss. I don't want to come back around you, but congrats on just being great. You're good. You sound like you had a good weekend. Congrats to you also. Congrats to everybody. Congrats to you at home for making it through this podcast. <coughs> congrats to Bowen. You can find out more about Bowen, who gave us the song Miss You off the off the EP Pale Machine. Actually, congrats to Bowen. I think Bowen did the new uh, Lovely Planet game drop. Did Lovely Planet 2 drop? It did. Uh, the way I found out about Bowen was a game called Lovely Planet that came out years ago that was like a speed-running, like, light-hearted first-person shooter, and Bowen did the music for it. Yeah, it's like a very light, light, uh, uh, cutesy cartoon, yeah. like, kind of cartoonish aesthetic in which the point of it was, like, to move very fast. Yes. It was built not necessarily for speed-running, but, but to, like, give you the, the, the feeling of speed-running yes. in a game, like, where an average person could get sort of that sensation. And uh, Lovely Planet 2, uh, April Skies, just released late June, uh, June 18th, and I didn't... 
I yeah. didn't check it out yet, but new Bowen tracks uh, nice. over there on that. Find out more about Bowen, who did the track Miss You off the EP Panel Machine by going to waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Follow Waypoint, twitter.com slash Waypoint. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash waypointvice. You can always come to waypoint.vice.com, which will take you to vice.com slash games. Actually, it won't. It'll take you to vice.com slash en underscore us slash section slash games or something. Just type waypoint.vice.com. Kato, where can people find you on the internet? I think if I long jump at the first block instead of the second one. Patrick, I might be able to shave up a couple. How about you? You can find me uh, at Patrick Klupik, and you can follow the Mario Maker streams at the same place. Over do on a Twitch. wall jump a little better. Rob Zachney. Maybe just hit it. F1 dot cool. Hit it earlier than. You can find me at friendsatthetable.cash. Uh, <laughs> you get a real quick note for real. C A D O. For people who are looking oh, for yeah. Kato on the internet. You know, I think that's because there's an anime where they pronounce it, like, very similarly. Really? Yeah, there's an anime, like, I forget what it is. And it's spelled Wait, C- how are they spelling it in the anime? K-A- first K-A-T-O. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Which is yeah. different. Which is a- Kato. 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 <laughs> A underscore Kato, C-A-D-O, C-A-D-O. underscore appears. Uh, that's going to oh, do it easy. for us. Maybe. Oh, easy. Maybe so should easy. be using the spin jump instead. Oh, my God. Thank you for getting it's through this with us. We're going to get through it together. Safer, we are all, each of us, uh, in ongoing work. <laughs> Talking about this or Ava? Oh, we'll be back <laughs> episodes 8 to 13 this week of Ava. I got I to gotta start on those. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we have so much to do. There's only three days this week. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Happy July 4th to everyone who's in the States. Yeah. Happy uh, July 4th. Have a fun time off if you have a time off. I, I hope, hope you, you have, have some time off. I hope you have time off. Yeah. Just take it. Just take it. Just fucking, no one's going to do anything. Just take it. <laughs> Don't show up. Okay, wait. <laughs> Sometimes you have a bad boss. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sometimes you have coworkers. Sometimes you have responsibility. Sometimes you have employees who need you there. Even if you're feverish. Even if maybe you shouldn't speak to anyone for a few days. That's going to do it for us. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. (laughs) That was good. Two hours. What a mistake. Was it only two hours? (laughs) It feels like seven. Oh, okay. You got to like 155. That's including Rob's bit, so. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's do, tw- uh, let's do 21. Exciting.
Yeah. It was fast. You change the energy real quick. Yeah, I was like 20, 21. All right. Keep them guessing. Got to keep them guessing. Let me take a sip. <laughs> 